Hello and welcome to Weeb Spawn. We're talking about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode with you. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about The Devil is a Part-Timer. And as always, spoilers ahead. The Devil is a Part-Timer, created by Satoshi Wagahara. This was released on April 4th of 2013. The light novel it was based off of was released on February 10th of 2011 and ended on August 7th of 2020, which was fairly recent, if you're listening to this when we released. The title was entered into the ASCII Media Works uh, Dengeki Novel Prize. And this won Silver Prize, which is a five uh, 500,000 yen prize, publication, and illustration. So upon winning, the title of the novel was changed to what we know today, and that's kind of a spoiler to what the fact of the day will be for this episode, so you'll get to know what the original name was at the end of this episode. The novel ended with a total of 21 volumes, a manga adaptation, a high school spinoff, and of course, an anime, which we're talking about today. So, I don't know if you know then, is that high school spin-off, well, I guess it's not considered canon, but is that actually from, like, the same people then? I believe so. It's, and I think it's basically the same exact premise, except they're in high school. Interesting. So, I know when we did Don Machi, there is another manga that's being, like, going the same time as the main story but through oh i forget her name lifa or something like that uh, another girl that like idolizes ein valenstein and it's like going through her eyes on the same events that happened with bell so i was just wondering if it was like similar to that like if it was made by the same people or if it was uh, made by like someone completely different yeah so i just did a quick google search just to um clarify and devil is part-timer high school is actually made by Satoshi Wagahara. So yeah, it's created by the same same guy. Interesting. Yeah. I, I always learn something new. <laughs> so, if you didn't know or haven't seen The Devil is a Part-Timer, it is a fantasy comedy that takes place in a fictional world that is inhabited by humans and ruled by Satan himself. After a coup against Satan, he and his loyal subjects flee to Earth but end up getting trapped here, and now they must find a way to return home. Ah, <sighs> classic. Classic anime. Leaving your world, getting trapped in another. Except, this is like a reverse isekai, because they usually come from Earth and go to a different world. They're going from a different world to Earth. So I don't know if there's a, a name for that, but... Yeah. <laughs> Re-isekai. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, one thing about this anime that, it, so it was released in 2013, like I said, but it hasn't been canceled, nor has it been renewed for another season yet. So whether you're a pessimist or an optimist, that information might sit with you a little differently. I don't have high hopes for it getting a season two, but the fact that it wasn't canceled, maybe we'll get another one. And uh, yeah, Wagahara has said that he wants a second season but he's also said even if the original creators say they want to make an anime it doesn't mean that they'll be able to no matter how much you push the original creators they can't make the anime because anime is also a business so basically saying despite all the fans asking him for another season it's out of his hands it is all up to his publishers and he has no control over that he can push light novels all he wants but when it comes to the anime it's all about the the dollars so he doesn't but he also doesn't want fans to stop pushing he says they should never give up on their desires so if you want to see devil's apart timer season two just spam the shit out of the uh the publishers maybe they'll give in tweet it out using the hashtag weebspawn yeah tell them weebspawn send you <laughs> But you shouldn't give up hope with that either because there is a show I know I got really into it called Firefly. 
and it got canceled. And I forget how long between that and the movie they made for it was, but basically fans love the show so much that the original director was able, he wasn't able to like get the whole like series renewed, but he was able to, because of the fans, able to generate enough to make a movie that ended up like answering all your questions, quote unquote, for how the season ended. So just because like we said, there isn't plans for it doesn't mean it can't happen. It okay. has happened before. You so. can still get some closure. You just got to <laughs> tweet them at Weavespawn. <laughs> Use our name. Help, help bring the <laughs> shed light to this anime. As we already established, this anime is technically a fantasy comedy. But to be honest with you, by how it like follows almost, even though he is Satan, it follows <laughs> almost like a average person's life. It can almost be classified as like a slice of life with a fantasy aspect. And one thing I think it does real well is add those like comedic parts mixed in with like kind of awkward encounters, do your typical like anime misunderstandings, some shenanigans, snarky comebacks, all this little stuff that helps kind of make this show unique because you think, oh, Someone as powerful as Satan is going to go to Earth where there's no magic. He's going to be able to, like, rule the world with an iron fist. And then it's like, yeah, they can't use power. They have no money. They have no way to live. They have no house. So it's like this all-powerful being is now a bum. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, okay. And so going off of that and, like, just the, like, complete difference in like personality too from how he was back in his world to now is just great it's kind of like a new person just getting into the workplace all happy and enjoying it and then you just watch like see how his dreams aspire <laughs> to be yeah i would definitely agree that this is very slice of life like <clears throat> just from all the interactions we get obviously we do have the little bits of combat and magic in the show. But when it comes down to it, you're just watching like the life of an average Joe who's just trying to make it in the world. So we start the show with some backstory of the world that they are currently in, which is the con or the world of Ente Isla, which is a content a continent that's divided into five islands. A center island, a island in the north, south, east, and west. Satan resides in the center island and launches a massive attack to conquer the human land of the surrounding islands. He wants to gain complete control over them and, and have this realm of darkness. But heroes rise up and they decide to fight back. They push Satan back to his middle temple and their counterattack is to just overthrow him once and for all. Here we have a really exciting fight scene, and this is like right in the beginning of the first episode. There's this huge cinematic battle between Satan and his generals and the heroes. And they're fighting within the stronghold. And you see that it's a really close fight. Nobody's fully winning at the point, but you can tell Satan is getting pushed back, and he's slowly losing. Finally, after this fight cinematic, he admits defeat. And him and his general, uh, Alciel, create this portal and they jump through it and they find themselves in a world that is very different from their own. One of the best parts about the show is from the name and even the cover art that you immediately are like, oh, this is a comedy, whatever. And then you're thrown into this and it's just like, wait, did I... Am I watching the right one? Did they? <laughs> is this one of those animes that have a a wrong title about like what is it actually about, or like a misleading one? But no, because immediately afterwards, they are transported to the uh, Earth, 
and is in pretty much modern day Tokyo. And then they're like, what is, like, they're all confused because they can't sense magic in this place. They're still in their, like, get up. So, of course, a cop comes and it's like, they stop them and they're immediately like, what is going on? Luckily, they, they don't, like, arrest them. But they are taken in because they look strange and, of course, the police think they're cosplaying, but they're speaking a different language <laughs> than what they know. So, being the demon king, Satan himself, whatever, he tries to remain calm as his right-hand man is freaking out and trying to, like, I think he almost attacks the police officer because he thinks he's being rude. Yeah, like, he's he like, plans on using magic against him. Like, don't talk to Satan that way. I think he actually does try to, yeah, because doesn't he try to use magic, and then it doesn't go off, and so the cops think yeah. they're, like, actual cosplayers, and they're like, all right, come with us. <laughs> yeah, because I think at one point, he's, like, trying to stop a car from moving, so he, he summons his magic ability, but nothing is happening, and then the car stops, and the door opens, and it's a taxi, and he's just like, I did that. <laughs> I do like, remember no that, that but yeah so it was just funny the whole trend it was a great transition from being at war to not having any magic and being almost arrested yeah so like we said they're they're in modern day tokyo and their their magic is gone and their demon forms are stripped from them they're just in their human forms they're these foreigners roaming the streets speaking in a random language in this medieval looking attire so as bobby said they get taken in by the police for questioning because, I mean, they're just roaming the streets at night. It's, it's kind of suspicious. So they get taken in, and this is where Satan still has a little bit of his magic left. He's not like what he used to be, but he just has enough to cast some sort of spell over the officer. And he's able to pull some information from him about the world that they're in, doing some, like, reconnaissance, basically. After learning about this world... They decide to take up new names. Satan becomes Sadal Mao, and Alciel takes up Shiro Ishia. And after this, they decide to create bank accounts and start searching for a job, because the only way you can rule this world is with money. So they take the first steps in order to do that. And of course, being foreigners, they are and only being able to use magic for a while. We get a couple like flashback scenes or cut scenes of them basically trying to, I guess, conform to this new world and them learning how to just coexist in this world without <laughs> magic. Which I think that's when the taxi scene happens is yeah, after they leave right. the, the police officer. He goes, I got this. And it's just like, the taxi just stops and like, come on in. He's like, look, I did that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really funny to watch like some of their transitioning scenes of trying to go from this non-technological world to this one. And it's just completely different from what they know. Also, I love this scene because then like after he got to like the taxi, it goes like Mao. And I, if I'm not mistaken, he gives some kind of speech about how he'll conquer this world and then go back. And then like immediately after that transition, it's like, bam, he's working at McDonald's now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's so happy about working here. Oh my like, God, he's he so this, pumped about it. He has like this freaking smile on his face and like, he's like the best worker there. And like, you see him manning the register, getting fries, cooking the burgers, like everything. And he's Such just a like a light young man. Like, the ideal worker, and it's just so... I think the contrast makes it just that more fun mm -hmm. to Knowing watch. that he's a demon king, and he's serving french fries to children. and As, cats. like, the bottom-tier worker at McRonald's. Like, one of the probably lowest you can, like, status almost you could get for, like, for compared to what he was. Yeah, it was basically, like, if... The Queen of England was just like, yeah, I'm going to work at McDonald's now. Well, I mean, maybe not the Queen because she's not a tyrant, but, you know. <laughs> but she's immortal, so who yes. knows what she was like in her 
previous I mean, years. She, she is immortal. She probably sold her soul to Satan, and he's in the shadows controlling it. I think Satan did it. Mao, Mao managed to uh, take over the world. He's pulling the strings behind the queen. I mean, do you see how many McDonald's there are around the world? Mm, that's true. You heard it here, folks. You heard it first here. Satan is ruling the world, and he's using the queen as a puppet. We spawn <laughs> sent you. <laughs> uh, how great would it be if that ended up somehow trending? <laughs> oh, God. I hope we don't offend any uh, UK listeners. I doubt it. I'm pretty sure most of the UK uh, is with the immortal queen. So as we saw, he's very excited for to start his new job. And he's heading towards his shift. And it's raining out. Classical scene where boy meets girl. Girl and then boy gives girl umbrella. And he's just like, here, you can take it. And then he runs off to work, which is... If you think about it, a little unprecedented for the devil himself yeah. to give an umbrella to someone else. And then, like, so he decides and then goes to work. Well, now, at work, there's this, some slight earthquake that happens. And because of this, his, the friars at his work are, like, malfunctioning or something and of course he's freaking out and like it gets this whole dramatic scene because customers want their like black pepper black pepper fries or whatever it was sale special that was going on and he's like oh my god i can't make all these people happy what am i going to do remind you he is satan himself worrying about fryers and getting fries to his customers to make them happy just let that sink in for you. <laughs> and so with this, he managed to use what little magical power he has and was able to fix the fryers, thus granting him a permanent position at McRonald's. So he wasn't a part-timer for very long, but I mean, he's still working. So I guess he's now he's more working as a devil as a part-timer and a full-time McReynolds employee. So he's very happy, of course, after this and immediately jumps on his bike to ride home. But on his way, he encounters the very same scarlet-haired woman again. And this time, she says that she is the hero from... En How do you pronounce Ente that again? Isla. Ente Isla. The same hero... Who chased him off in the first place? Bum 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 bum. <coughs> yeah. So we learn that after he fled Ente Isla, that he was followed by the heroes that wanted him to die. So because they their thought process was as long as Satan is alive, his reign of terror will never end. So the hero Amelia, who is now called Emmy Yusa, uh, Emmy Yusa, uh, attacks Mao in the streets and tries to kill him. So we're sitting here in modern day Tokyo, and some kids are, are like uh, young adults are in the streets, and one pulls out a knife and just tries to murder the other. That's very inconspicuous, if you ask me. So yet again, the cops are called. And Mao is once again in police custody. But the cop is pretty lenient. He's like, yo, this happens all the time. Like, lovers, lovers quarrel in the middle of the streets. Happens all the time. It's fine. Just try not to stab each other next time because that's not the best way to solve this. And, of course, this is going to be the start of a reoccurring theme of being mistaken for a couple despite them being mortal enemies. So, after this scene, they don't seem to fight at all that much afterwards. Because they were scolded, like, a couple of kids. And they're like, oh, shit, I guess guess we shouldn't fight in public. Um, but that's probably also most likely due to the limited magic on Earth. So, they can't really fight to the fullest ability. But that doesn't stop Emmy from being very suspicious of Mao. 
she basically stalks him every day just to make sure he's not like eating humans or something. To her surprise, they're living like a very normal, average life, and they're not really into harming or terrorizing humans. They just are making some cash. This confuses her a little bit, and she needs to know their true motive. So she asks him, like, hey, do you intend on staying on Earth? Like, what are you doing here? And he says, of course he still plans on taking over Ente Isla. He just needs to get his powers back. And that's all he's doing. He's buying time until he finds a way to regain full power. And he can go and destroy Ente Isla. So this is convincing for Emmy because she knows how Satan is. And he'll be deceptive and he'll lie to get what he wants. So it makes sense that he would be putting up this front in order to take over the world. But um, as a viewer... It's not very convincing because we see how happy he is at McDonald's. So it's not very convincing that he's only doing this because he's planning on taking over Ente Isla. It seems like he's actually enjoying the modern day life of an earthling. So you can't really get the help to feel like he's lying. But during this conversation, they're out in the middle of the streets having this and someone attacks them. From a distance shooting these magic bullets like some sort of magical sniper <clears throat> and this sort of gives them this temporary alliance and they call for a truce for the time being because who like who would be willing to kill both of them and it has to be someone who knows their true identity so uh, they call for this truce so they, they flee the scene they go back to his apartment because during this fight they really don't want to split up because it's better to be in numbers. So they're back at his apartment chilling, kind of waiting for this to die down. And while they're there, Mao receives a text from his co-worker, uh, Chiho, about these earthquakes that are happening all the time. And that she has a feeling that another one's coming soon and she wants to talk to Mao about it. So they discuss a date plan and they go and uh, try to figure out what's going on. So during all this, I do like the contrast that it's kind of been giving to Mao or has the whole like stereotypical like the devil is whatever. He's always merciless and all this stuff. But it's like we're seeing like a different side of him now. And you're not just always like, oh, you're against him because at this point you're more almost against Emmy because you're just like. Leave the poor dude alone. Yeah. Dude just works at McDonald's. Like, let him live his life. What's he doing to you? you? You're the one with all the power, and he doesn't. So at this point, aren't you aren't you tormenting the poor soul? So, so it's like the roles have swapped once they came to this new world. So it's kind of nice to have that little dynamic going on and how we see, like, all the different sides of Mao as he's starting to realize like the benefits maybe of what humanity has to offer because in his own like demon island he has only ever known demons he hasn't really had the chance to mingle with humans at all but going off of that after Mao decides to meet up with Chiho for their date Emi and Ashia I mean, Asha are tailing them to Russia to make sure there isn't any funny business going on. Which is funny because Asha, like, is always adamant about Emmy, like, wants nothing to do with them. But when it comes to his boss, he's always like, whatever. He's like, we're not doing this together. You just happen to be here at the same time I'm doing this. So they don't want to be friends, quote unquote, but they're both basically doing the exact same thing. So once Chiho and Mao start talking, she tells him that she's been hearing this like strange language that's been happening and letting him know another earthquake will happen soon. Thus them talking, I mean, gets the wrong idea and immediately goes to confront Mao and they get into this big argument. And of course, Chiho gets the misunderstanding that they're like dating because if you haven't realized it at this point, Chiho has a huge crush on Mao. And, of 
Corsine, this other woman she has never met before, and Mal just acting kind of friendly, just talking like casually to her because obviously she's the hero, so he's not going to speak formally to her. Gets this whole misunderstanding, but then right as this whole argument's going out, another earthquake comes and the building starts to crumble. And luckily, I don't know if Emmy saves Chiho or if it's just kind of strange luck that she ends up getting out of harm's way somehow, like the rubble didn't manage to hit her. Emmy decides to put her awake and she goes, I know you're there, show yourself. And you see Mao back in his like prime form, I guess you could say his like, like actual, state. yeah, his demon form. Because when there's chaos and panic, that's when he can absorb all that and gets his magic back. Of course, the hero right in front of him, Emmy, is shocked beyond belief and is like immediately contemplating, is this when I can I kill him? Should I kill him right now? Do I even have the power to kill him? But before she can even do anything, Mao uses his magic to save everyone from the building. He restores the building back to what it was. And then it he saved the day. He was the hero. And like using all this, he ends up using like all this power he's stored up. And so now he can't use it. So he could have used that to easily have caused even more panic in this world to get even more power. And basically just a domo, domino effect of that to conquer their earth. But he didn't. He used it to save the people there, save his co-worker. And now this just goes completely against everything Emmy knows about him and is immediately starts having some internal conflict within herself. Like you said, like she's just having this conflict because the, the devil she knows is this evil ruling person who doesn't care about the suffering of humanity. So this action, she doesn't really see what his play is here because why would saving humans be in his agenda? Of course, this action by Mao is confirmation of what we were saying earlier about he kind of isn't the same Satan as he was back in Ente Isla. He isn't really being evil or malicious like he used to be. He's living a normal life, and he's willing to protect the humans that he's starting to grow fond of. And of course, things can't be this simple for Emmy. She's having like all these conflicting emotions. Like... Right after this, we actually see some flashbacks of Emmy's life as a child and how the war took her family from her and her father ends up dying, so she's left all alone. And her entire life was destroyed in an instant. So she was trained to become this ultimate soldier to combat Satan's army because um, she is half angel, so she has the power to fight back so she was raised with this animosity towards satan and nothing could really ever change that not even saving a few humans from an earthquake she is fairly certain she's seeing through this disguise that he's putting up and that he's still the same satan he's just trying to throw conflicting feelings at her so after the earthquake um they're back at mao's apartment and he actually offers to treat Emmy's wounds, which just pisses her off because of her backstory and how Satan is the reason her life is ruined. But I think he understands, or so she she explains his backstory to her, and Mao says he doesn't understand because he's not fully capable of understanding human emotion. But I think he does understand more than he's letting on. Uh, he just chooses to take the easier route and not embrace the past that he has caused because this is basically his new life uh, on earth and he's able to start anew without anyone knowing how awful he was back in Ente Isla and I think he's just using that as an excuse not to own up to what he did so meanwhile Chiho is upset because she thinks that Emmy and Mao are in a relationship because they're back at their apartment. Um, 
treating each other's wounds and stuff. And she's just completely distraught by this. And she runs off. And then she's in, uh, confronted by this dark winged assailant who happens to be the one who was attacking Emmy and Mao. And this assailant is Mao's older general, Lucifer. The fight leads to um, some crowded streets. And in the fighting, Mao actually gets a bullet through his heart and collapses on the ground. And you're like, shit, we're three episodes in and the show's over. Let's wrap it up. So after Mao falls onto the ground, Lucifer decides to destroy a nearby bridge. And this causes a huge panic in the neighborhood. But luckily for Satan, this is exactly what he needed and wanted. Because he's able to use that fear to increase his magical energy. And he's able to take on his demon form. And this is actually exactly what happened when the building fell that they were in in the mall. So that's why he's able to get his demon form back. So he uses this and he's able to then overpower Lucifer with Emmy's help because she has a little bit of magic left. So they decide the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So they team up and they attack Lucifer and take him down. And then what really shocks Emmy once again is after this entire battle, Lucifer decides to use his remaining magical energy to rebuild the city and erase the minds of the civilians. So once again, he is helping civilians rebuild and forget the trauma that was just caused to them. So this is continuously like mind fucking Emmy. But I'm... A flip note, they do decide to leave uh, Chiho's memories as it is because she's been through enough and she deserves the right to know. So, yeah, just one after another, they're just throwing uh, acts of kindness at us. Yeah, and just like you said, with this, it's another issue where he had all this power and once again, he could have easily used that to create more chaos. But instead... He rebuilds the build or the bridge, erases all the civilians' minds so they don't know what happened, so there's no real panic. And you're starting to see him change and how he's like grown attached to Earth and maybe also to the humans that he would never have had this opportunity had he remained in Enda Isla. But this also on the flip side is like we said, the rules have almost been reversed as they got here because now it seems like the heroes are the bad guy because they refuse to conform from their ideology and it's like, no, he's a bad guy. It doesn't matter what he's done. He's bad. He must die. But then it's like all this is going on and then it's just like, what's going on? But it also shows how Emmy as a person, her like hesitation now towards it, how her views are changing because like when they first met, she didn't care where she was. She attacked him straight on the open streets. But now, even after like resting in the apartment, I believe there's a scene where like she ends up leaving before them. But even being like the hero herself, she could easily like let the door open, let anyone in, or attack them while they were sleeping. But no, instead, what she does is she goes in. She actually locks her their apartment door once she leaves and tosses the key back in she could have easily kept the key she could have made a copy of the key she could have done all this but no she stuck to her like codes and was showed mild the i guess leniency or whatever he deserved from what has transpired from previously and then of course after all this settles down instead of having lucifer one rampant and everything he lets him stay with mal and despite the, him like trying to kill him now lucifer must conform to like human society so he can't be called lucifer anymore he is now hanzo urshihara yeah urshihara uh, Ur- urshihara but he's not the only one that gets moved in then becomes a strange new neighbor who seems to work through her way into their daily lives. The new neighbor goes by the name Suzuno Kamazuki, who I think it's safe to say is a little suspicious and 
most likely a spy. Because, I mean, <laughs> why would this young girl decide to move in apartment to two young guys by and then, herself? And then, like, completely interject herself into their lives. Like, full yeah. force. Never met these people. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'll come in and help you make dinner and this and that. It's like, who are you? But, alas, not everyone knows about this, a.k.a. Emmy, who gets the wrong idea thinking that this girl has a major crush on Mao. Meanwhile, there is some good news. Mao gets a promotion. Now he is a shift manager at McReynolds, because remember, after all this fighting and everything, he's still working at McReynolds. Yeah, like, how do you have this much free time, like, saving a city and killing your enemies and then you go you're working at mcdonald's still like that's some time management right there (laughs) exactly and this is when he again proclaims that oh i'm going to move up in the chain of this restaurant and then i'll become like the manager and all this stuff and he's basically thinks he's going to rule the world with mcdonald's which is another aspect that keeps reoccurring which is pretty funny but anyways after we get the quick little glimpse of him we found out uh another assailant attacks emmy at night and to her surprise they are able to nullify her magic but at last the battle ends up with like nobody injured it's kind of more like a draw almost like the girl was here to prove her presence and then just kind of upped and left. Yeah. I remember seeing this guy and I'm just like, I don't, I don't like this dude. Like, I don't know. His whole vibe was just like big douche vibes right there. (laughs) But you know, he's going to probably be uh, a formidable foe in the future. So we got to show him. So, the following day, um, Suzano meets up with Emmy at the train station, and Suzano introduces herself as an NT Eastland named uh, Crestia Bell. She has orders from the Church of NT Isla to basically kill Mao. Although Emmy is distrusting of Suzano, since her actions of her superiors caused the mall to collapse on innocent civilians just in attempts to kill both Emmy and Mao. Um, so this, this causes a little animosity between them because she's not really fond, since Emmy's a hero, all about helping people and saving them, but also killing Mao. It's very conflicting to sacrifice human lives in order to kill Mao. So she's a little distrusting of her. But before she leaves, Emmy advises Susano to be very leery of Mao because if he knows who she is, it could spell some trouble for them or for for Susano. Meanwhile, back at McRonald's, we learned that a new fast food restaurant has opened up across the street, Kentucky Fried Chicken. So the manager, uh, Mitsuki Sarue, Saru yeah um decides to boldly walk into mcdonald's and order some food basically flaunting the fact that he's their enemy so this opening of Kentucky fried chicken causes a lot of trouble for mao and mcdonald's because uh basically all their customers left for this new and flashy chicken place but through some networking, advertising, and a little bit of magic, Mao was able to pull in a good amount of customers despite the um, the powerhouse across the street. So, oh, and on top of that, Suzuno manages to be in the area with Emmy and uh, Ashia, and she sees the magical aurora that's being expelled from McDonald's, and she is very concerned about what Mao's plans are and why he would be enchanting humans off the streets. But I don't think she understands. All he wants is a good paycheck. 
it also I think this is when the turning point for her because as they were setting this up, he was it was like everyone in the community was also helping him because mm-hmm. he did this magic so like subconsciously like he wasn't trying to do that because he was setting up some kind of trees with like lucky charms or yeah. something on it. It was like it was a pure and genuine magic that like he had full. Like, he didn't have control over it. It was just, like, pure bliss. Like, he wanted this to happen, and it just happened because he was kind of radiating it. Yeah, and we find out, like, he's even been volunteering at places or something. And it's like, so the devil not only is not attacking humans, he's saving them, working part-time at a restaurant, and volunteering? What? Yeah, definitely out of character for Satan. And so this is where she gets a little conflicted, but also she's like, see, this is why he must return as well because he's having an impact on this place because even if he's not doing it on purpose, he's subconsciously affecting this world through his magic. But that ends up going to like another story. But anyways, after, because he was able to like draw in all these customers as a reward he the supervisor's like i need you to go work at the mcgrannels in fushima park for the day to pretty much help it's like an opening day if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. or something like that is it opening? maybe it's just yeah. understaffed i can't fully remember understaffed or like there's some like special going on basically they needed help it was a good paycheck and a good opportunity to like show his skills basically to get even a better impression than he already has so of course he accepts and then Susano hears of this and convinced Emmy that they need to go and investigate because she thinks he's there for the haunted house so in order to cause panic to gain his power she doesn't realize he's there just to work (laughs) at his job (laughs) so of course, they end up going, and not only that, Chihiro decides to come as well, and she tries to show off her like appeal there because she's in this like swimsuit, so she goes to visit Chihiro, and she tries to like flirt with him, but he basically just gives like a cold response. Well, not like really a cold response, but a like a dense, let's call yeah, it, it's response. More like, hey, like I'm here to to help people get their orders here. I I don't know what you're trying to do. Like he's yeah, just he's to like, serve. yeah, he's like, oh, are you here to help? And he goes, or she goes, oh, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm here to help. He's like, have fun. I had to go back to work now. <laughs> yep. Like he he's not trying to be cold, but he he doesn't understand what Chihiro was doing. So it's just. Like I said, the dense aspect. And so while they're there, Susano, Emmy, and Chihiro decide to, well, they're here, they might as well go and explore whatever this park has to offer. So they go to like this reptilian exhibit, and of course, Emmy and Chihiro are like freaked out. Who wouldn't? I think Emmy is more scared because of like. Not of the actual, like, gators that are there, but she's reminded of, like, the ones back in Enta Isla. Mm-hmm. And that's what freaks her out, where Chihiro is just freaked out. And then Susano is just like, hmm, these guys are actually tasty if you cook them. <laughs> of course, you always got to get that one character that, like, is thinking of food. <laughs> so after they go and they are trying to figure out what Mao's secret plan is because they still don't believe he's just here to just work somehow a monkey manages to escape from his cage and steals the key to the alligator exhibit go figure because <laughs> i mean you know the odds of that actually happening who knows but anyways it manages to release the gators upon the guests Go, my freaking half-mile-an-hour crocodiles. 
go and capture all the guests. Hey, don't don't Is... knock alligators. Have you ever seen videos of them running? Those things can go quick. That's true, yeah, but like, like they nightmare. weren't. <laughs> And so, of course, all this havoc is going on, and Susano thinks, ah, I finally get to see his true colors now, because Miles is absorbing all the things, and he basically absorbs all the power, and, like, stares at the gator, and he's like, get the fuck out of here, yeah, and they're like, oh, he's like, and they're like, oh, okay, bye, we, uh, we weren't meant to, we're sorry, we won't come, and, of course, Thus saving everyone. And now Susano is even more in disbelief of what is going on. And she's just like, what is happening to Mao? Yeah. This was like a really conflicting part for Susano. Whereas Emmy is a little more used to it at this point. She's like, all right, he's just helping people again. Like, I don't really understand why he's doing it. I'm still not fond of him. But like, at least he's helping. And Susano is basically like, what is his motive here? Why the hell would he be helping humans? This makes zero sense. So, uh, I think it's about the next day or a few days after, we start to learn that Susano's not alone here on Earth. She has an accomplice. So she meets up with this hooded man. And this hooded man then tells her that she needs to kill Mao. But as you can see in her face, like she's sort of conflicted by this order because of the side of him that she has seen. Like, what is the true intentions of Mao? And then on top of that, we do get a little bit of backstory behind Susano and that she basically doesn't like killing, but she does it because it's what she was raised to do. So she's she's conflicted here. But she decides to confront uh, Chiho and tell her that she is going to kill Mao, and that she is justified in this action. And Emmy is with Chiho at this point, too. And they both object, Emmy and Chiho, and they say they're not having it. It's a terrible idea, and it's only going to lead to trouble. And Chiho then claims that she doesn't care what Satan used to be like back in Ente Isla, because here on Earth he's changed, he's full of kindness, and that he would never hurt humans. And then frustrated Susano storms off. She was kind of hoping that there'd be a little more people on her side on this one. Because who doesn't want to see Satan dead? So as Emmy and Chiho are standing there, they're kind of confused. But they continue to walk home. Because like, what are you going to do? You just had an argument and you just... Time to go. But before they can get home, they're attacked by the scythed man again that's able to neutralize Emmy's magic. So Douchebag makes another appearance. We learned that this scythe man is revealed as Serial, the fallen angel, who actually happens to be the manager of Kentucky Fried Chicken. So you knew that creep was up to no good. Turns out he's just a dick. And uh, so Serial is able to quickly overpower Emmy because he neutralizes her abilities and he kidnaps them. And basically, Mao kind of gets tipped off when he realizes that um, he's gotten a few missed calls from Chiho, and Chiho's mother even calls him and says that she hasn't arrived home yet. So he gets a little worried, and he decides to go looking. And meanwhile, while all this is happening, I forget exactly how poor Shiro is, like, sick yeah, from he, something. So he's sick from... Uh, he's eating spoiled noodles because when Susano first came to the apartment, she gave them tons of boxes of udon noodles, and they were attempting to eat them all before they went bad. Oh, and yeah. when they started going bad, he decided to continue eating them to the point that he had to get sent to the hospital. Because he can't waste money. <laughs> Pretty much. So, poor... But now, poor Shiro... Never ends up getting a break because as Mao is getting ready for his fight, Shiro can sense all this is kind of going on as well because he is from Enta Isla. So he walks out of his hospital room to kind of get a glimpse of what is happening when a random Ola comes. Now, 
we kind of glazed over him, but Ola was also the person who kind of helped Lucifer tell, like, open the portal to get here and was kind of like manipulating him behind the scenes. But with Lucifer defeated, he kind of went into shadows to not be like seen again till now when Ola used punched and was super effective and basically almost knocks out Shiro or at least incapacitates him for quite a while. Meanwhile, Serial begins to show off a bit more of his less angelic side of him because, I mean, he is a fallen angel and is basically sadistically torturing Amelia in order to obtain the better half, which is some kind of, like, special power that's born within the heroes or something like that. I think it's the sword that she uses or something along those lines because she's half angel and she is wielding this angelic power, so he wants it back, I believe. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was, like, a power or sword or something. Basically, it's something she has, like, her power for why she was, like, recognized as the hero, and he wants it. So, despite everything she's going through, she goes, oh, don't worry, Mal will come because Chihiro, uh, Chiho, not Chihiro, Chiho is here with her, and Mao is will do anything to save his co-workers. So then we go to where Mao is, and of course he sees the barrier, and in no time he is able to break the barrier, and out comes Crestia. If you don't remember who that is, that is she also goes by the name Susano, and she attacks Mao. Of course. Much to her surprise, as we kind of relayed our suspicions earlier, he also knew. He's like, uh, yeah, I already knew you weren't who you said you are. And she was kind of like, what? How? Basically for the same reasons we just said. He's like, you don't think it's suspicious that a, a young girl would have came and moved next to two young males and then tried to get into the room? Like, come on. Yeah, like with, even I know that suspicious. Like, you, don't, you don't just move in next door to someone and just start helping them out with all their their chores and laundry. Like it's a little sus. Plus, I think they could also tell the magical energy she was radiating because uh, it did like a flash sideways to Lucifer back at the uh, apartment complex, and he sniffed some no- noodles and he said, "Oh yeah, that's a magical intent to kill." And then he ate it, and he's like, "Yeah, it's not that bad." So I think on top of the noodles going bad, she was also trying to poison them with some of her magical energy, and that's why Shiro got really sick. And then Mile, despite like everything, she's he's like I he doesn't attack her at all. She just she just constantly goes on the offensive, like beating him up, and he just keeps standing up after each time and this is, of course, she's having her inner conflict because of everything she's seen. And she's basically like, why won't you fight back or whatever? And he goes, well, because you're not my enemy. And eventually he goes and, like, she falls down crying because she's like, what? Like, she's crying because she doesn't know what she's doing with her life. While Mal's like, all right, well, I'm going to go save my friend now. And she's forsaken all her friends for this purpose she thought was just and now she's completely like lost everything she's her mind is just a mess right now so then we go back to Olba who goes and meets up with Lucifer who gives him the ultimatum like oh we should work together once more and you can rule or whatever their contract was beforehand and it looks like he agrees to it and so we're all left wondering, like, what the? Why? Why is? Why is he helping? Well, then, when Mal finally reaches Serial, he pretty much gets beaten to a pulp because obviously he doesn't really have magic anymore. But then, here comes Oba, who helped with the help of uh, Lucifer, who told him how to like give Serial his powers or whatever. He uses a spell that makes the moon bigger and gives him more power. At least he thought he did. True, he did give him power, but this also caused mass chaos going on in the world. And if you remember from previous, whenever there's a lot of chaos, 
he absorbs that power and becomes stronger. So Lucifer pretty much tricked Olba into doing this to cause panic to give Mal his powers back. So it was all a scheme pretty much by Lucifer. And so now with Mal having his power back, they get engaged in this pretty epic aerial fight going on back and forth, blow for blow. Of course, pretty much destroying half the city along with their fight. But alas, Mal emerged victorious. So now he has all this power, and now he can rule the world! <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't actually do that. He goes and restores the entirety of the city and erases pretty much everyone's mind, but of course, Chiho. So nobody remembers what happened here today. <laughs> yeah, so it was basically a redemption arc right there for Lucifer real quick because we never really got much satisfaction because Lucifer did some fucked up shit. And then Satan's just like, yeah, come live with us. Like, it's all good. Um, we'll forgive you. But there's no real redemption qualities there. It was just he was living life, being a mooch. And um, it was just kind of he was just kind of there. But at this point, he was actually able to give back and prove his worth by tricking Olba into thinking that he's back on Olba's side. Well, in actuality, he was helping out Satan, <clears throat> which I just think was a great way for him to backstab Olba because he was being manipulated by Olba in the beginning and then help his friends. So it was just a really good way to <clears throat> start wrapping up the season and making sure everyone had a, a fresh slate and had their redemptions. So I thought that was cool. <clears throat> so on our final episode, uh, we see both Chiho and Emmy waking up from bad dreams. Chiho had a dream... Oh, but it was both about Mao's future after the battle. The uh, dream that Chiho had recalls Mao leaving Earth, thus leaving her behind. And of course, she cries out because she has these strong feelings for Mao. And then Emmy has these dream, this dream of a revived and powerful Mao returning to Ente Isla <clears throat> and conquering it. And finishing what he had left behind. Or, and leaving what he had left behind. There's nothing to back up either of these claims. They're just dreams. And they both get really worried. And they freak out. And they they go to the apartment. Where Mao and Ashi are acting a little bit suspicious today. So it's kind of starting to add up. Like they're, they're planning something devious. So... At work, the worried Chiho tells Mao of her, his concerns, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't even have any power, so I couldn't even leave if I wanted to. And um, then during the shift, they're kind of talking, and Sariel actually falls out of the freezer because of the magic that was used at the festival that lured all those customers in. And... Um, so after their battle, the portal redirected him to their freezer. But, like, obviously before another fight can break out in the middle of a McDonald's, Serial actually ends up falling in love with Mao's manager because he's just, like, always loves women, and he's a womanizer, and he's pretty messed up. But she's disgusted by him, and then doesn't want anything to do with it. So it's kind of wrapping up Serial's little story right there. He's trying to... um turn a new leaf I guess and fall in love but it doesn't work out for him luckily I think it was mostly almost like the whole because he was always in control always like this and then Mayumi uh, is like looking at him in like disgust and for some reason he's like oh my god yeah that is a good like, point she, she doesn't fear me or anything like that and like that's kind of like the whole thing and my own my Yumi is just like, the fuck are you? Like, <laughs> no, stay away from me. And like, the more she rejects him, the more he's like, I must have her. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely the type who likes his power. But when he gets it taken away, he's just like infatuated. So then we're shown with these boxes being delivered to Mao's house. 
And now Emmy's like super suspicious of him. Like, what is he planning? How are these boxes going to help him take over the world? What are in those boxes? So, so Mao is at work again. Like we're still watching him and he immediately asks his manager for some time off. And this is really concerning to Chiho because she's worried that he is going to leave them behind because why else would uh, he be asking for time off? He's a very dedicated employee. So Chiho and Emmy are now meeting up, talking conspiracies and stuff, and they decide to tail Mao to make sure like he's not doing something devious. But they learn it's actually the opposite of that. He actually picked up another part-time job, one to pay for the GPS that was planted on basically all of his friends by Lucifer because we kind of brushed over that too. But Lucifer was planting GPSs on people to keep on the tabs on them because that's the type of guy he is. So he's picking up jobs to do that. And then Emmy asks about the boxes, thinking the job is also has something to do with that. But Mao is in utter shock. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So he goes to Urushihara and finds out that he has been spending a lot of money online and he got into some sort of like pyramid scheme that he cannot get out of. So they try to return them, but it's impossible. But then a hero comes to the rescue. Emmy finds a loophole about a uh, underage, like cool off period thing. And basically selling to Urushihara was illegal because legally he's 17 in the human world. So after they got all their money back, Mao and Asha go and celebrate by having dinner and leaving Lucifer behind because he doesn't deserve dinner after all the trouble he puts them through. And, as always, the devil continues to work as a part-timer. That basically is it. It's a really satisfying show, honestly. And the last episode was very lighthearted to kind of alleviate some of the tension from the episode prior with the huge battle. So it was really... It definitely... Oh, oh no, I was just going to say, it was just a really lighthearted way to end this season. They definitely did the comedy aspect great because I don't think it was forced really at all. It was they stayed true to like the characters mm-hmm. and that's how it became comedical because it's more as I've been kind of saying throughout the so it's like a reversal of roles as they came to Earth and everything. Just how like Emmy just straight up attacked him in the middle of daylight. And I believe Mao even said like you know, you shouldn't really be doing that here. And she's like, I don't care. I'm going to kill you. And then the whole cops came and everything. But like the whole fact that like Mao's more level-headed and uh, has been accustomed to this life as a human more than a hero who is a human has in this new world. And so I think just how they didn't really contradict their characters too much or at least how they are in this new world and just their interactions were so natural that it made it all that more fun. Yeah, I agree. To watch. And and like you said, just when they got to the human world, they had these characters that they became and they never strayed from that. And then even the comedy matched the specific characters. There was never really a moment where I felt like the jokes or um, one liners or anything were really separate from that character. Like it didn't feel like they were being forced like the jokes that Ashia had were very true to his character and the ones that Mao had were very true to his own. So they had like really good character, like character development for one. And they just stayed true to them very nicely. And they didn't do like a back and forth or anything or miraculously just changed throughout. They kept the comedy and action very to the characters and kept true to the Mm -hmm. characters. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah, I highly recommend this anime just because it's such a lighthearted, fun one. But one reason that um, I always hold back on referring to people is because of the lack of new seasons. But at the same time, season one ended in a way that kind of feels um, completed in a way just because you can at least have your mental thought of them 
creating a life on Earth and leaving Ente Isla behind. So, but I'd recommend it because if I have to suffer waiting for season two, you you deserve to as well. <laughs> Precisely. But yeah, that that about sums up the Devil's a Part Timer. My question of the day would be: If you were a hero or the devil or whatever, if you were someone who came from Enta Isla with the with like magic and all that stuff, and then you came to this modern day world, would you have tried to get back, or would you would you have found competent competency? Hmm. I don't know. I forget what the word I'm trying to say is. Basically, or would you have just, if you found your place here in Earth, would you have just stayed here and lived out the rest of your life? I would have tried going back because Earth kind of sucks. <laughs> Especially if you came from a world of magic. Yeah, like that'd be sweet. Plus, like they have cool like monsters and stuff. So that of course, and that is technically advanced, but. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think I would still try to uh, return back. Yeah, I would try to return as well. So, some facts to sign us off with. I only have two for us today. First one is, the original title for the light novel was actually The Devil's Fortress is a single room with six tatami mats. Uh, later got shortened to The Devil's a Part-Timer. But, of course, the um the Japanese name doesn't quite translate to devil's a part-timer it's more translates to uh the working devil or the devil works or something along those lines but sounds a little better as the devil's a part-timer in english another fact or the last fact is the names of the ente eastlands are actually pronounced similar to their original names so for example um sadao mao it was his earth name and the Mao part of it sounds very similar to the Japanese word for Satan, which is Mao. So um, Mao and Mao sound very similar. And you can find that for actually all of the characters like Emiyusa and Shiro Ashia. They have similar translations. So I thought that was kind of cool that they, they picked these disguises that were basically not even that big of a disguise. Hiding in plain sight. It's always the best option. There you go. Yeah, that's it for today. So if you have any questions, recommendations, or concerns, just email us, weebspawn at gmail.com. And feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Weebspawn. That will be all from us today. I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we will see you guys next time when we... Weeb spawn.